Hey folks, thanks for joining me on Ultra Habits. I'm your host, Arjun Singh. My show is dedicated to all things executive. Here, we understand the unique challenges of executive life and the things that will no doubt come up in your business and personal life that have the potential to impact you negatively. On this show, we interview the world's top minds from the fields of business, medical, military, sports, the sciences, academia, and much, much more. Our goal is to leave you after every episode with more knowledge, wisdom, and awareness that ultimately help you improve your habits and move you and keep you at peak performance. Enjoy. And again, folks, thanks for joining me. What if I told you that you were not breathing properly? I mean, think about it. Our breath is one of the most natural phenomena within our body. To most of us, we simply assume that we must be breathing correctly. The simple case is it's just not the truth. For most, our breathing is shallow, fast, and many are breathing to his mouth. The cost of breathing improperly is huge. You just have to check out the work of James Nestor, his book, or audio breathe. Today, we are talking to James and Elizabeth about their startup called Anda, which means breathe in Icelandic. They are looking at using wearable technology to help everyday executives and high-functioning individuals optimize the way that they breathe. They've had some heavy support from the venture capitalist fund Antler and are looking to do some amazing things. Find out what you can do to breathe better and how supporting the process with wearables will create a massive impact in your life. Enjoy the show, folks. Elizabeth and James, welcome to the Ultra Habits podcast. Uh, we don't always have three people on the show, so this is kind of, you know, we, we've had a couple interviews where we've had three people on the show and they've all gone really well. So um, I, I know that we're going to have a really dynamic conversation and just want to tell everyone that whilst most of the guests are never in Australia, we're very lucky today because we have a full Australian interview, which is good for me because I haven't had to wake up super, super early. So Elizabeth and James, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having yeah. us. Super yeah. excited. So yeah, me too. So, you know, Rachel from the, uh, you know, Rachel is a great connector of people. She was at the Australian Graduate School of Management where I did my MBA and she's always been connecting people. And she obviously introduced us to each other. I had uh, done some research on you guys on the product and I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get you guys on the show. So, you know, you guys have created this product, which from what I understand helps people regulate and breathe better it really kind of helps people deal with their stress and anxiety and we'll dive into that product and and kind of the whole startup piece because I think that's going to be really interesting for the audience but before we do maybe Elizabeth I'll hand it over to you where and how was the idea for this product born so the idea was born um, basically for my passion for breathwork so when I was younger, I had a severe sleep disc in my uh, lower vertebra. So I couldn't walk for over a year and I was not like fully grown, so they couldn't operate. So that meant, meant that I was bedridden for over a year and just obviously in chronic pain. And from that, I developed stress and anxiety and um, depression. And But that led me into also researching alternative solutions to fix those problems. And yeah, that's where I stumbled into breathwork and mindfulness practices. 
And that really just transformed my life and helped me overcome all these issues. And I've always been super passionate about incorporating that into my life through fitness and um, just through daily practices. But I've always struggled with kind of incorporating it into my professional life when I feel like I mostly need it. So before like stressful mm-hmm. meetings or before uh, giving presentations or something like that, that's where breathwork is the most kind of like strong, like strong delivery. And yeah, that's where I kind of like, but that's where the idea came from. Um, somehow bridging the, the gap between incorporating breathwork into your daily life, daily life, basically. So uh, Elizabeth, with that, like were your parents like quite, supportive of alternative practices or was it was, was this something yeah. that you kind of took upon yourself as a young person because that's not necessarily a normal thing to to do yeah i would say like my mom is very like um pro natural healing and stuff like that and i obviously was put on like strong medication like strong pain medication in the beginning and then the body just wore off after a time and i just had like higher dosage higher dosage and like I was 14 at the time, and that just to me didn't feel right to do that. Um, yeah, so I just like did a lot of research. I've always read a lot of books, so I just really put my mind to finding some other solutions. And um, that's yeah, that's where I stumbled on breathwork. And like I would never have thought that that could have such an mm. impact on your pain, especially like just doing like diaphragmatic breathing, which basically means like deep breathing deeply into your stomach. Because I learned that through the back pain, like I was just breathing like through here like kind of like super shallow into the chest and that's why like yeah. I had so much stress and anxiety and depression so like that kind of like all correlated so yeah super interesting learning so I am like today grateful that the experience happened um but at the time it was not it was not the best time and so Elizabeth you grew up in Iceland right and I mean I know that a lot of us have ideas of Iceland I actually heard that Iceland's actually pretty green I think my mom told me that and you know we watched obviously the movie with uh I think Will Ferrell the comedy when he's in Iceland like so we've got you know some of us have some formed views of Iceland but a lot of us don't really know the reality like what's the culture like there in terms of you know uh alternative practices and what's the the typical kind of culture in terms of medicine in Iceland Good question. Um, too many people are definitely on, like, I don't know, depressive, antidepressive and stuff like that. And that's mainly because we have so little sunlight. Um, during winter, we have like three hours sunlight or mm. something like that. Um, but I still think people are very, like, strong-willed and um, just strong people in general. Like, we have had, like, strongest men in the world and a lot of, like... Um, People that have won the CrossFit Games, Icelandic, yep. and like the football team that we have, and just so many strong-willed people, even though we're only like 360,000. So I feel like, yeah, our main thing, like we've survived on this True. isolated island for like hundreds and hundreds of years, and we've just developed this thick skin for life in general, I feel like. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. Um, you know, and we'll unpack that. Like I've got a, you know, a funny relationship to... Uh, vitamin D and and I definitely feel when I have a lack of of sun I also um really am a believer in embracing the cold and I'm sure that you have your view on kind of cold 
ice baths and, and cold kind of plunges and, and things like that. And, and we'll get into that in terms of how that relates to breath. But James, over to you. So you're a good old Australian. You're, you're, you're a local. And in terms of your relationship with, with breath work, you know, what's your history? Like, how did you come into this work? Well, really, it was Elizabeth who got me into breath work and optimal breathing. Uh, I've always been interested in health and fitness. I wrote a book called The Wellbeing Revolution about 10 years ago. And since then, I've always been trying to optimize, like figuring out how I can be at my best and how I can help others to be at their best. And so I met Elizabeth and she recommended a book called Breathe by James Nestor, which I sort of resisted and she recommended it a few times. And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right, I'll read it eventually. And when I read it, I actually couldn't put the book down. It's an incredible story about James Nestor who couldn't breathe properly um, because of the shape of his mouth based on his lifestyle practices over his, throughout his life. And he tells a story about the journey he goes on to improve his breath and how that improves all of his health outcomes. Uh, like he had chronic asthma, he had sleep apnea, he couldn't, he couldn't sleep properly, uh, like just all these um, stressful things were happening in his life. And he fixed those with optimal breathing practices. So I read that book and I was hooked on this whole opportunity around optimal breathing. And we've done a real deep dive and we've seen that the huge, a large majority of stress and anxiety that people experience can be linked back to the way they breathe. Like obviously we can't affect the stressful stimuli that happens in our lives, but we can always affect how we react to it. And it's just been, it's been pretty crazy like since understanding that to see that things happen and we tend to stop breathing properly. So for example, uh, I've got a toddler and she, she's going through a tantrum stage at the moment and I keep noticing, like I stop breathing properly when she has her tantrums. It's like we go into fight or flight and we breathe into the top of our chest instead of into our diaphragms. And then it becomes a perpetuating circle where because we're not breathing properly, we get stressed. And because we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. And so uh, every person I know suffers from stress in, in one way or another. Like we're all incredibly busy. We've got too many emails, too many notifications, meetings to go to. It's just like... Life's got crazy. And so we feel like there's a really good opportunity here to just to remind people to breathe properly. And it's pretty simple stuff, really. I mean, the the most studies have been around coherence breathing and the the benefits of that. I mean, coherence breathing really is just slowing your breath so that you're only doing 5.5 breaths per minute. So 5.5 seconds inhale, 5.5 seconds exhale. And the benefits of that are just unreal. Like most people will do that for two minutes and they'll just completely feel different in their bodies. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. I, I mean, I have, you know, I've got, I've had a lot of Navy SEALs on, on the show and I've got, um, a good relationship with Mark Devine who, uh, created Seal Fit out of, uh, San Diego. And, you know, he's a big, a big advocate of box breathing. And it's something that I've started to kind of implement to really calm myself down and, and move into the kind of, you know, the parasympathetic space. And, I really relate to what you just said. I mean, I wake up quite early and I start just hammering my tasks, right? Five, you know, I was on emails at 5.30 this morning and I find as soon as I open my laptop or as soon as I move into my day, I just kind of am in an in a, in a all-out kind of uh, panic attack. It sometimes seems, right? Like I'm just trying to move as quickly and get as much shit done as possible and within that, I'm not necessarily breathing. And, um, you know, and I think it's super, 
super relevant. So how did you guys actually meet? We actually met through an incubator program by a venture capital fund called Adler. And so we both wanted to start a business and both always been interested in building a business, uh, but didn't have a co-founder. And so Amla basically matched us together and uh, we discovered pretty quickly we had a passion for health and wellness and Elizabeth's passion for breathwork sort of brought me along the journey as well. Um, and since then, we've been developing a product that uh, is basically a wearable that tracks stress. Um, so it sits on your wrist. It, it looks like a bracelet. So it's a tech product, but it looks more like jewelry and it tracks stress. And so throughout the day, when people become stressed, it gently squeezes their wrist to remind them to inhale and then releases to remind them to exhale. So the whole, I guess the value proposition is even when you're aware that you should be breathing properly and that breathing properly improves your stress, we still forget it. And so the product is going to help people to remind them you're in a stressful situation right now. It could be like you're doing a, a presentation that's important to you, or it could be your toddlers having a tantrum. It could be anything really. And it will just gently remind you to breathe properly throughout the day when those things occur. Yeah. And, and within that, like, do you, you know, like, so the device is letting me know that I'm not breathing properly. Is it about taking a time out and going, like removing yourself from the situation or is it really just connecting in the moment and, and, and practicing like deep breath? Like what's, what's the view there? The problem we're really trying to solve is helping people in the moment. So we feel like there's a lot of products out there that can help you after the fact. So you might yeah. download Calm or Headspace on your phone and go and do a, like a quick meditation or a breathing exercise. Or even if you've got like a Fitbit or a Whoop or an Apple Watch, they'll tell you at the end of the day that you're being stressed. We feel like that's not really helpful. We want to help mm -hmm. people in the moment because that's when you can actually affect the stress and you can improve the stress. Yeah, and I agree with that. I think like real-time management is really where we develop the the habits and we create that real-time awareness i do think that a lot of the products out there are quite post hoc right and that doesn't really serve us because in the moment we forget right and i think that it's really really you know we don't have to remove ourselves from a situation and do a deep meditation we can just simply connect with our body connect with our breath take a moment and and move on I noticed that the product is quite like Scandinavian in, in, in nature, right? Like it's it's pretty minimalistic. It's quite nice. Um, it It's not necessarily um, athletic. And I think that there's a reason maybe that you guys have kind of gone down that path. This product is like, who is the, who is your typical user? Like who are you guys kind of, um, you know, thinking that this product is going to be relevant for? Elizabeth has designed the products um, and we've used the Nordic, you know, Icelandic design style to sort of create a jewelry. Um, we found that particularly a lot of females don't like to wear the big clunky Apple Watch or Fitbit or, or whatever um, tech product because like firstly, it sits big on their wrist in, on a lot of occasions. So for example, my Apple Watch, I feel like fits my wrist pretty nicely, but my wife feels like it's just really clunky on her wrist. Um, so that's one part of it. And then the other part is we feel like there's a big market out there who live busy lifestyles and like busy professionals that are interested in health and interested in improving their stress, but they're not like fitness freaks. So they don't want to wear a whoop for 
they don't want to fork out the money for an Apple Watch. So we feel like there's a sweet spot of people who are busy professionals. Um, maybe they do Pilates or yoga. But they're into exercise, but they're not ma- running marathons, at, like not at that level where they need a whoop. So we feel like that's sort of where we're heading to go. Do you feel that this product will be mainly worn by women? It's a tough question because we haven't actually launched it in market yet, but we've done a lot of studies and surveys. Um, so we've found that people register, it's about 50-50 of males to females registering interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also find that more like typically men that we're interviewing already have a wearable compared to females. So we feel like perhaps there's a, um, a bigger market of females who want a really nicely designed product that doesn't look clunky on their wrist. So no doubt you're now entering the, the realm of, uh, go to market and you know your stress levels would no doubt be increasing and i'm sure the product is super relevant for you guys like how has the journey been in terms of just the startup space james like how have you found the process you know like the good the bad the ugly because i know a lot of our audience are you know entrepreneurs on the journey or they're looking to become like what have you experienced thus far in your journey yeah, good question. I think like this, there's so many ways my brain's going at the moment. So firstly, I, I guess it's always a really tough uphill or challenge to get a completely new product to market, and particularly because ours is hardware. So we firstly need to like engage engineers and industrial designers to build the product, and then we've got to go through the manufacturing phase. So like that's that's all a challenge, but we take a lot of confidence in seeing that other companies have done it before, and there's, I guess there's a strategy and, and system that you can follow to get there. Um, we've been incredibly excited by the feedback we're getting. And I think whenever there's a roadblock that, that sort of comes along, we remind ourselves that people are telling us they really need this product in their lives. Um, so I guess every day is like, we get some really good feedback and then we hit a challenge and we just need to keep pushing through that and continually like every day plus one until we get to having the product in market. Elizabeth, how has you know, that, you know, it's a stressful endeavor, no doubt, right? Like it's challenging every day presents a challenge. Like how have you maintained your practice and your self care through, through the process? I mean, I know like, how have you ensured that you're breathing correctly? Like, you know, like, cause it's, I think sometimes even myself, like I talk about health and well being all the time. I'm having conversations with some of the best minds on the planet and I'll walk out of an interview and get completely crazy based on something that's just happened, right? Like it's not always easy to kind of um, live what we're actually doing, right? So we're talking about. So Elizabeth, how have you found that, you know, your your life um, and, and your, your habits and, and the stuff that you were doing in terms of self-care, have you been able to maintain that through this process of the startup journey? That's a good question. That has definitely be, been more challenging than I expected. I've always been very structured when it comes to my um, self-care and just personal life and health and wellness. I always try to build healthy habits. I exercise regularly. But now definitely like it's hard to practice what we're, what we're preaching <laughs> just because we're under so much um, pressure and just time pressure and everything. But I, yeah, just like structure my day fairly well, I think. I take time in the mornings to either meditate or do breath work. And I try to exercise in the morning and I just kind of try to structure my day, um, yeah, to kind of uphold those healthy habits. Also, like uh, James and I, we've also bonded over 
we're both really passionate about um, just optimizing your lives. So we like doing uh, monthly challenges. So la- last month we both did no caffeine and no chocolate. And I walked like 10,000 steps a day. So I don't know. And then we just keep each other accountable throughout the day. Like, have you gotten your steps in? Like, how's your secret craving? Um, you know, stuff stuff like that. So yeah, we just, I don't know. We, um, yeah push each other forward and help each other out to maintain our habits and healthy lifestyle. And I think a big part of the challenges is like, we know starting a business is going to be tough. And like already this week, we've probably got 10 no's from potential people we're pitching. So we know it's going to be tough. And so we're trying to, I guess, steal our minds or callous our minds and build resilience. And so we feel that by doing the challenges, not only is it a great way to bond, but it's also like we're doing tough stuff every day and we know the more tough stuff we do, the easier everything else is hopefully going to get, which it, it feels like it is. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting one. I was talking to my wife uh, who's going on an entrepreneurial journey and like it's completely foreign for her. And she was getting stressed out about the leases or something yesterday. The agents are super like lackadaisical and, um, you know, I told her, I said, hon, like you've got to pace yourself. Because you're pushing and prodding every day. Tomorrow, you're going to be pushing, prodding, pulling, yelling. You know, like there's always movement. And if you kind of like are getting overly uh, stuck to issues on a daily basis, you're going to come unstuck really quickly, right? So I think it's that ability to kind of um, move forward, do the necessarily do the necessary needful things to kind of get the results you need to without like attaching too much to the the actual individual circumstances right to the extent that we start to dramatize it and get it overly emotional or or kind of you know um start overthinking things uh, elizabeth you had talked about something interesting uh, caffeine now like for me to get off of coffee um would be interesting I, it would be an interesting challenge and i've thought about it before but how do things like caffeine impact breathing and like what things out there do we know really adversely impact our breathing um caffeine obviously um can be very stress inducing if you overuse it and um yeah that can that like dramatically impact your life like impact your breath in the sense of like you can then just be in constant state of fight or flight during the day and it's just you and then you get tired because you're in that state for too long and then you get more caffeine and you get more stressed and then your breath just becomes more shallow and yeah it's just like this loop that's ongoing do you think that you know breath work in terms of calming us down and and stress relief and or release is more impactful than meditation i think it's like just it very much um correlates to each other i feel like i feel feel like mindfulness and breathwork is very much like a similar practice in the sense of like you are focusing on being super present focusing on your breath and at least when i do mind like meditations um, I mostly always do breathing meditation, so I focus on my breath, try not to control it, and that's how how I how I kind of like shift my mind uh, state into this meditative state. So I feel like it's very um, correlated practice, to be honest. 
And then, James, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with Elizabeth. I think it's it's very correlated. Um, it feels like meditation is something that people set aside a time for to do once a day, whereas breathing is something that you can focus on all day, every day, no matter what you're doing. And that's what we're really trying to remind people is that when you stop thinking about it and you're not conscious of it, you go back to your habitual way of breathing, which typically is not healthy. Um, so having a meditation practice can strengthen your mind to remind you throughout the day to continually breathe. Um, but yeah, I think they both work hand in hand. And like, I think exercise is really important as well, uh, particularly if you're exercising in the mornings because it sort of, it allows you to get fresh air into your lungs and sort of sets you up for the day. And uh, I definitely find if I don't exercise in the morning, I feel stressed later on in the day. And I know it's got a lot to do with breathing and the amount of oxygen that my body's had in the morning. So I think that can really set you up in the, in the morning as well. I, um, I'm friends with a guy in, in Victoria, a guy named Mark Kluwer, who uh, was a friend of Wim Hof. He's a friend of Wim Hof. He's like the Australian version of Wim Hof. And he is really into breath work, but also is really into the cold, right? Like a lot of ice baths, a lot of cold plunges, a lot of cold therapy. It, James, what's the correlation? Like, you know, why are these people connecting cold and, and breath work like what's the correlation there this is something we speak about a lot and um, we've both been doing ice baths together at varying temperatures um, and we quite enjoy it more so from a, a challenge perspective and understanding that the benefits are, are really good and there's a lot of great science but the biggest thing is every time you want to it, like no matter how long you've been doing ice baths for it's always really hard to get in that that first time so it's 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 a big challenge the correlation is that when you first hit that water, the cold water, your body immediately goes into stress. And there's different stresses that are, are good and bad. Like, for example, exercise is a good stress. Ice bath is a good stress. But like immediately, you stop breathing the way you were breathing when, as soon as your skin hits that, that cold water. And so the correlation is that it's a reminder that if you breathe optimally, and uh, slowly and deeply and through your diaphragm when you hit the cold water, then you can control your body. And so it's a, mm -hmm. a constant reminder that you're in control. Like no matter what's coming at you, focus on your breath and you can work your way through it. Yeah, it's a very, very good answer. Have you guys done much digging around and, and kind of research into breathing and sport, like breathing during sport and kind of how to optimize that james i know you're a runner and i think that you're getting into the world of ultra endurance so welcome so you know what's your research and uh, your view on on that piece yeah it's, it's a great question like there's so many different usages of the way you breathe depending on what you're doing so for example when lebron james is standing at the free throw line and his team's down by one point with a second to go he's going to breathe differently to how a marathon runners breathing so i at the moment I'm, I'm training for a 100k ultra like you mentioned and i'm a really big fan of patrick McEwen and the oxygen advantage business that he's built it, there's a really good book called the oxygen advantage and they talk about firstly always breathe through your nose when you're running um, because that allows your body to create more red blood cells and recover quicker it also helps you to get more oxygen into your body it's extremely hard and it sort of replicates high altitude training so if anyone hasn't, if anyone out there is a runner and they they haven't tried breathing through your nose, give it a go. You'll probably find that 
on your first try, your heart rate will be about 30 beats per minute or 30 beats per, um, per minute. Yeah. Higher than it, it usually is. Um, and so oxygen advantage talks about trying to get as little oxygen in as you can and getting used to the feeling of higher carbon dioxide in the blood. It's, it's all, um, it, it's pretty crazy stuff. And once you get into the world of it, it's it just like evolves over and over. And basically the point is to get less breath. Whereas someone like LeBron James, who's on the free throw line, he'd be focusing on slowly and deeply breathing and particularly focusing on a slow exhale. Cause that will, that's what we find lowers the heart rate, decreases the fight or flight and gets you feeling more relaxed. Um, so yeah, there's, there's so many different use cases, but I think when you're looking at clutch, mo- clutch moments, pressure moments, it's always about slow it down and go deep through your nose. Whereas um, it can be completely different for other types of exercises. I wanted to add to the um, sports and breathing. So that, like, I would say that there's a misconception about breathing exercises that they're only useful for relaxation or stress reduction. Um, but I would say that breathing exercises have been shown to have like a wide range of physical and mental health benefits, including improved like cardiovascular health, enhanced athletic performance and improved cognitive, cognitive function. So yeah, it's just people kind of only look at breathwork as this like mindfulness practice when in, when in fact it can be like really, really, really beneficial in improving your fitness and yeah, health levels. Just wanted to add that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I wanted to ask you, Elizabeth, do you, when you're meditating, do you breathe through your mouth or your nose? I always breathe through my nose. No one should ever breathe through their mouth. <laughs> so, um, but it, dep- it depends on what I'm doing. When I'm meditating, mm-hmm. I always breathe through my nose. But when I'm doing different breathing exercises, like um, um, pursed lip breathing exercise, for example, I breathe slowly through, like, we uh, exhale slowly through my mouth. But in general, everyone should be breathing through their nose, even though I think 30 to 40% of adults breathe through their nose, of breathe through their mouth, sorry. And that has just detrimental effect on their mm-hmm. overall health and well-being. And it's correlated to stress and anxiety and other health issues, like respiratory issues and stuff like that. Uh, my wife would used to call me a mouth breather at night and sleep, and I started to shift that through kind of closing my mouth and forcing it shut. And I, I feel that I'm breathing more through my my nose interestingly enough it seems like most of the women i know breathe through their nose but the men in their lives breathe through their mouth i don't know if there's any studies on on kind of that and to to confirm that but are there times i guess the first question is what's the benefit of breathing through your nose and what's the downside of breathing through your your mouth maybe elizabeth i'll hand that to you and then james you can piggyback on that so when we breathe through our nose, we have like tiny little hairs that basically filters and warms the air. So it humidifies yeah. the air. So it's when it enters your lungs, it's easier for your lungs to absorb ox- oxygen and increase blood flow throughout the body. So this is really helpful for respiratory function. And it's also helpful for like just keeping, um, you know, unwanted particles and bacteria out of your body. Because when you breathe through your mouth, it just goes unfiltered straight into your lungs. So it's like more work for your lungs to, you know, overcome that and get rid of all those um, particles that they don't want. 
So yeah, it also like when you breathe through your nose, it basically helps slow down the breath and deepen it, which can help to activate the diaphragm and promote relaxation. And then on the other hand, if you're a mouth breather, then mm. obviously you're not, you're probably breathing too quickly and um, then you're more likely to be in state of fight or flight and more likely to have stress and anxiety and respiratory issues like asthma and bronchitis and other issues like that. James, you want to add anything to that? I think what Elizabeth said is spot on. The only thing I would add is the nose has tiny mucous membranes, which are really tiny particles that trap any antibodies trying to get into the system when you breathe. And so there's studies to show that people who are breathing through their nose are far less likely to get sinus uh, sinus problems, but also to catch things like the common cold. Mm. I've uh, recently got into, you know, researching and, and studying about uh, our nervous system. You know, I was introduced to polyvagal theory by a friend of mine and, you know, have come to believe that a lot of the stuff going on for me and, and, and others, uh, you know, in terms of stress and, and our reactions are held in the body, in the nervous system. What is the link between our breath and our nervous system, James? So on this question, I, I don't know any studies here. I haven't really looked into it too deeply, but I can definitely share an anecdote that I yeah. experienced about a month ago. And, um, I mean, I mentioned to you before when Elizabeth mentioned to read James Nestor's breathe book, I had a bit of resistance. I also had a bit of resistance when I went to this breath class, which was holotropic breathwork. And basically what that is, is breathing really quickly in and out for an extended period of time. And that increases the carbon dioxide in your body. Uh, and the whole idea of it is you get to a state where you start to let out trauma. And so I, like, I'm pretty skeptical about these things, but I thought, I'll give it a go. And so I was lying down, breathing pretty heavily for about, I think we'd been going for about half an hour. And all of a sudden I lost complete control of my body. And so my shoulders are like waving around and my chest is going up and down and like my head's moving, my legs are moving, my arms are going everywhere. And I just thought to myself, I've got absolutely no control over this, but like it's happening and it just continued to happen. And five minutes about that, uh, five minutes of that sort of passed. And then all of a sudden, tears just started coming out of my eyes like i haven't cried like this ever i don't think just like like coming out of my eyes so quickly and i didn't know why or what was happening but it just felt good and the whole idea behind holotropic breathwork is we hold this trauma in our bodies and the guy who was running the class so i highly recommend johan johan egbert from breathless expeditions he was talking about how Obviously, we're, we are all, we're all holding things in our bodies, and typically people go and talk about it, like they might see a therapist or a counselor, and he feels that we're just sort of accessing like only the tip of the iceberg when we're doing that, because we've got all this, call it trauma, I don't know, like, whatever you want to call it, we've got these, these things deep in our body, and I was skeptical of that, but after doing the class, we finished up, and I've never felt so light and so relaxed like ever yeah. or probably since I was a little kid and I, I definitely believe that there's something that's sort of come out of me and through that experience call it trauma or whatever but uh yeah I feel like there's there's definitely something here I, I don't know the studies yet so I'm keen to continue looking into it a bit further and, and hopefully some 
some studies can start coming out. But the, it feels to me just anecdotally that there's a really big link here. I mean, I think even just at a you know at a high level perspective, we would all agree that you know de- deep breath helps us relax. It helps us move away from fight or flight to more of a, a stable place. I think I think th- there would be we we could agree on that, and I'm I'm certain that there's information and studies that would support that. Um, you know, I, I I find that interesting, Elizabeth. What's your take on what James's experience was. Yeah, I actually had a similar, I went to the same class um, last week, I think, with Johannes. Amazing experience. And especially like just, I've, I've done like holotropic breathing before, but never in a group of people. And it was just an amazing experience. Like everyone just having this like out of body almost experience or like altered state. Um, yeah, it's just, and then in my case, like I just started uncontrollably crying and it just felt so much release from my like chest and my body in general that I don't know it would probably take me years of therapy work to get rid of that thing so it's just crazy how you can like just access your body and your body's just storing all these you know old trauma and emotions and experiences and you can just release it through the way that you inhale and exhale it's fascinating but I also want to talk talk about like when it comes to um, the parasympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So there's something called like breathing, thinking, and feeling loop, and that's something that Stuart Sandman talks about and breathe in, breathe out. So it basically talks about the way that we breathe affects the way that we think and feel, uh, but also like the other opposite. So basically, the way that we think and feel affects the way that we breathe, and when the when we're feeling like when our feelings and thoughts are matched, we are in a state of being. So let's say, for example, that we have anxious thoughts and we feel anxious. That means that our breathing will change and we will have like short breaths and our heart rate will raise. And there's only two ways to break a state of being, either by one, changing the changing your thought pattern, which is really challenging when you're having anxious thoughts. Like it's easier said than done, then that just telling yourself like, oh, like just think about, you know, calming things. So it's either changing your thoughts or it's changing the way that you breathe. So if you start breathing slowly and controlled, that will signal your body that you're not stressed anymore. So you start feeling calm and then calm thoughts follow. So it's like this feedback loop, basically. And you can kind of hack your body and hack the system by just changing your breath, which is fascinating. Yeah, I think, and James, you touched upon it earlier, and and Elizabeth, I think you just nailed it. I think a lot of Western psychology is on the basis of meeting our psychology with other thoughts. So we try to alter our state by thinking or positive psychology, which, when we're really in the horrors, doesn't necessarily work. And I think kind of altering our being through our physiology is a much more accessible way, hence why I think exercise is so great. But I think movement and kind of accessing a shift through our breath, like that's always accessible, right? We we can't always self-talk or self-navigate our way out of um, psychological issues. And in fact, it creates duality many times where you start to kind of like you're using your inner voice and narrative to try to shift a narrative that isn't serving you and it can become 
actually worse and in many ways it can fortify the negativity so i i 100 percent agree with what you've just said so let's let's move back to the business um the business is called onda right so it's uh elizabeth i'm assuming that's icelandic it is it's icelandic and it means breath the name is anta and it's icelandic for breath and i just really wanted to kind of like i don't know keep some of my Icelandic heritage um, into the business. And I wanted to like, just like James mentioned earlier, um, we wanted to be kind of like Nordic inspired and very sleek and um, kind of like also incorporate the mindset from the Icelandic people. So that's why we, yeah, chose the name Anta. No, it's very good. It, it's, a, it's. Uh, I went, you know, and I've looked at the, the product, I think, you guys are going to really change the game in terms of the market that you're focusing on. I think there's really a need and a requirement, James, to your point of people in the office that aren't necessarily ultra endurance athletes that don't walk around with a, a Garmin and measure their you know physical output on a daily basis in terms of exercise. So, what's where are you guys out in in the process in terms of launch? Who you know? How are you going to go to market? Is is it going to be you know, sold through e-commerce. Like, what's the plan there? Have you guys worked through that? Yeah, for sure. We've been spending a lot of time on this. Um, so the plan for us, where we're at right now, is we're still designing the products. And so we've engaged some mechatronics engineers, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, and industrial designers to actually build the products and then manufacture the product. Um, so that's the process we're going through now. But in terms of go-to-market, we're going to do a, a crowdfunding campaign to launch it into market. And so there'll be an opportunity for anyone who's interested to buy the product to buy it with a big discount to start off with. And so if people are interested in that, they can jump on our website and just leave their email and we'll let everyone know when that happens. Uh, but definitely it's going to be a direct to consumer business, um, just selling through e-commerce. And are you guys going to have, like, is the plan to give data access to the user or like like a dashboard is 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 that the the play there yeah definitely so um all data will be owned by the user so basically we'll have an accompanying app where people can come in and firstly tell us like what are the things they're trying to improve so it could be stress and anxiety it might be um they want to sleep better or it could be something like they've got high blood pressure diabetes etc and our algorithms will help figure out the best ways to breathe to improve those symptoms throughout the day. And then as as time goes, we'll determine when they're getting stressed. So at what points throughout the day is the individual getting stressed and then help to provide ways to improve that and constant reminders and training videos and resources to um, take control of their breath and breathe better throughout the day. I just wanted to say, yeah, we kind of want to stay away from just giving like, I don't know, stats on people's health so studies have shown that actually getting like health on uh, stats on your like sleep and stress levels etc is more stress inducing than anything else so we really want to make sure that we give <laughs> people actionable data and more like i don't know uplifting data and insights on into their health and how the anti band has helped them with you know stress levels etc not just like giving them like oh last night you slept like shit you're gonna have a terrible day good luck hopefully you sleep better tomorrow like that's uh, not the route that we want to go go down yeah that's interesting and also i think you know a lot of that information you know it's questionable as to how relevant and accurate like i, I you know that particularly the sleep 
information. Like, I don't necessarily know how accurate that is. And I think people are forming their ideas about their physical health based on that data. It could be quite, quite tricky. And I think, you know, coming in with a bit more of an optimistic outlook, really looking to, to kind of be positive in how you engage with the users is going to be really good and great. And um, I think we're all going to be looking forward to the the launch of the product. Now, we are going to start to land this plane. But before we go, we I'm going to ask you both one question. And James, maybe I'll start with you. What's one habit that our audience could engage in to improve their breath? I think the... I'll sort of package this up into one answer. But the first part is to just remind yourself to breathe slowly and deeply whenever you catch yourself and so like it's one thing to be aware that you need to breathe better but it's then the other things to remind yourself throughout the day and there's going to be hundreds of moments throughout the day when you just completely forget so just try to keep reminding yourself and the way i guess the simplest way i'd recommend people to breathe is firstly always breathe through your nose secondly slow and deep into your belly so through the nose as slow as you possibly can that feels comfortable and make sure you're breathing into your belly, which activates the diaphragm instead of into the top of your chest. It's an excellent answer. Elizabeth? Yeah, I would say try to kind of like incorporate breathwork into your life. So start small. Incorporate, yeah, incorporating a new habit is always challenging So and it can be overwhelming. So stay consistent. Just begin with like a few minutes of breathwork each day and gradually kind of increase the duration as you become more comfortable with the practice. Um, be consistent and find a technique that works for you. So if that is like doing breathwork in the morning or like, I don't know, five minutes before it's meeting or after lunch or before lunch or something like that. And I also recommend using reminders uh, just to stay consistent with your practice. And another thing that I want to mention is I think it's really good to join a community just to kind of like that join a community of people that mm -hmm. are also practicing breathwork that can really help you stay motivated and, like, and accountable. And James and I have actually launched a community on our website. So that's for everyone that's into breathwork or, you know, you, you can be a seasoned practitioner or you're just starting out. Um, yeah, so we're just creating this community where people can come together, share their experience, motivate each other to um, incorporate breathwork into their life. And yeah, it would be great if people would join that community with us. And James, where can people join that community? Our website is breathewithanda.com. <laughs> and to access the community, there's a, a little menu there and with community or it's breathewithanda.com forward slash community. Excellent. That was going to be my next question, which Elizabeth, you know, led us into. So that was great. Where you can be found. So we will have that in the show notes as well. So anyone that wants to go and look up the business and join the community can do so. I want to thank you both so very much for your time today. It was really enlightening. All the best with the launch of the product. We will all be watching and rooting and no doubt you guys will be successful. Awesome. Thanks so much, RJ. Great chatting with you. Thank you, RJ. Been a pleasure. Hey folks, thanks for joining me on this episode. With all the options out there, I am super grateful that you spent time with me. I hope that you've received value from this conversation and if you have, I've achieved my goal. Your support is really appreciated. If you really, really like the show or you want me to know how we can make it better, 
please do leave a review letting me know and the world know your thoughts, yeah? If you want to know more about Ultra Habits and what we're doing, go to www.ugventures.co. Sign up for the quiz. You'll get some really good insights into the archetype in terms of your habits and how you can improve your habits in your business and in your life. You'll also get a weekly newsletter with some blogs, episode updates. I promise you, we do not spam. I absolutely hate spam, and I think it's super unprofessional. It's all about value. So anyways, folks, until the next episode, have a great week. Take care.